a big happy new month to us and thanks giving to God for helping us see the end of, of this year. All right, so we're going to start a, well, what I call a mini-series. And for now, in my head, it's a mini-series up until we know how far this will take us. But we're going to look at this this week, next week, and um, yeah, I think this week and next week, that I'm setting for the next two weeks, we'll look at this. I, from next week, we'll know what, what next. So, like we saw the poster, we're looking at um, spiritual, at the believer's authority here, at the believer's authority. Um, what that means is what rights, what privileges, what is given to us as believers, as a believer, what is special really um, that God has made available to us since we, since we now believe in Jesus. You get So, we want to look at those, couple of those things and the authority that has been given to us simply because we are we are Christians, all right? So that's what, what I want us to look at. To start with, let us read John chapter 1, verse 10. John chapter 1, verse 10 to 14. As always, please, if you are there before me, you can go ahead to read. Um, Temi, I don't know if you're with us, but if you are, just let me know if you can hear me and if you can see me. Temi. All right, John chapter 1, verse 10. Okay, can I give it a shot? Yeah, sure. All right, this is the NIV, uh, starting from verse 10. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, for his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Praise God. Thank you, DG. Um... So this was John talking about Jesus Christ. And he says, um, read from the beginning, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And he went on to explain um, um, Jesus Christ, the word of God. So verse 14, verse, no, verse, verse 10, where we started reading from. Now begins to say that this same Jesus Christ came into the world, even though he was created, even though he created the world, sorry, even though the world was created by him, yet the world did not receive him. But now goes further to explain that those that receive him and those that believe on his name, he has given the, um, King James says he has given the power to become children of God. The word there, power, is translated authority. Just like saying you, someone has the right to do certain things. Someone has the authority to do certain things. That's what um, um, John was explaining here. That those who believe in Jesus Christ have the rights to be called the sons of God. They have the authority to be called to be called the sons of God. And he now goes further to explain that these people are not sons of God because of any natural process of, of childbearing, but they are children of God because um, they are born of God. Not, they're not born of the will of man. They're not born of the will of flesh. They're not born of anything carnal, but they are born directly of God. And I'm um, like, we'll look, I hope by next week we'll look at this further. But there are, there are certain things that give, that give us 
authority as Christians, and the new birth is one of them. Um, the new birth, first and foremost, gives us the authority to exercise um, rights in the realms of the spirit and on the earth because we are born of God, because we are children of God. So you guys, um, just give me one, give me 30 seconds, yeah? We just went, went out of power. Let me turn on the inverter. 30 seconds, I'll be back. All right, sorry, this light is bright. Okay, yeah, I'm back. Um, so I'll say that first and foremost, the first privilege we have um, came because of our, our union with Christ, because we are born again. So that's the that's the first thing. Um, another another area where another area that has given us authority is the name of Jesus, and then we have the blood of Jesus. So I'm hoping that we cover this not today, but um, hopefully next next week what this verse first, first shows us that whoever is a christian whoever believes in jesus whoever declares jesus to be his lord and savior has been given the authority the right to become to be called the the children of god and when you go to first john chapter i believe it should be chapter four it says now are we the children of god and that's an emphasis because our the the privilege we have the authority we have is not because we were born into a um, born into a royal human family. It's not because our president, our father is a president or or is a king in that sense, but because we are born of God. So the mere fact that we are born of God gives us a level of authority. And so in today's Bible discourse, we just want to explore the authority of the believer. What we'll try and look, we'll see what authority means, and um, we will see how to exercise that authority. So how, what does authority mean? What, how, why did God create authority, create any phenomenon called authority? Why do we Christians have an authority that the unbelievers don't have? And then we'll, we'll see how we deploy, how we deploy that authority. Okay, so I want to try and give a definition here of a definition of spiritual authority. And this is not an exhaustive definition, but I, I attempted to, you know, put something compact for us. So I said here that spiritual authority is the legal right given to an individual to legislate and enforce an impact that originates from the realm of the spirit. Let me take that again. I said spiritual authority is a legal right given to an individual to legislate and enforce Sorry, to legislate and enforce an impact that originates from the realm of the spirit. So when someone, and I want to point out some key words here. Number one word here is legal. When we talk of spiritual authority, it's, you cannot talk, of, talk about it outside a legal framework. And let, let me explain in, you know, what I mean. So if you see a traffic word, warden, for instance, um, you know, those guys who control traffic, so places where there are in traffic lights, those guys that control traffic, um, you might just see a man standing at the juncture of the road 
and then he's directing cars to either come or to go or to to stop whatever he what all he does is signal the cars and based on the position he occupies as the traffic warder uh based on position he has, the government has given him the cars would respect and obey his direction because of the position that he has been given now he may see a a a 16 tired um, trailer coming and all he does is signal with his hand for the trailer to stop and the trailer will begin to slow down from a distance and eventually come and ev eventually come to a halt not because the traffic warder has the power in his hands to stop the trailer from moving but because he's exercising an authority that government has bestowed on him so based on that authority he can direct the traffic water, I'm sorry, can direct the um, trailer to stop and the trailer the trailer driver will obey him. Now that is authority. Authority given because he is, um, because he occupies his position that, he, that the um, government has given onto him. Now in the same way also, authority has to be legal. So it has to be legally, excuse me, it has to be legally gotten. For instance, um, in many countries in the world right now, in many countries in the world this year, there had at some point or, or the other, the governor or the president or someone in position of authority had to enforce a lockdown, right? And basically said businesses cannot operate um, except they, uh, they perform certain functions. And in some places, there had to be curfew for a couple of weeks. Now, that directive affected the whole of the city or the whole of the country. But the person that signed the document or the person that gave that directive um, was somewhere in a particular city. So if it was in Nigeria, for instance, was in Nigeria, for instance, the person was in was in Asorok, I guess, and he just signed an executive order saying there should be lockdown all across the, the country. Or it was a state governor. The governor, the governor didn't go to everybody's house to force them to stay in their houses. The governor basically just issued a decree from his political position and based on the authority that the position carries everybody had to obey him okay now it is important we know this that authority is legal so the same way the governor i mean it, no matter how no matter how physically built a person is he can have seven packs and go on social media with and even have probably has um lagos is lagos is estimated at 20 million Right. Let's say the person has 30 million followers and the person goes on Internet and says um, no, no business in Lagos should operate. Nobody will listen to him because he doesn't have the legal authority to make such declarations. Now, that is what authority means. Authority has to be legal. Authority is the legal right given to an individual. And that's the first thing I want to point out concerning authority, that it is legal in its context. If authority is not legal, then there's no supporting government that accompanies it. And if there's no supporting government that accompanies it, then there's no there's no power, there will be no effect in such authority. So number one, authority is legal. And another word I want to point out here is the fact that, or two words rather, is that it's given to an individual to either legislate or to enforce. Basically, the authority is given to either enact a law or to enforce a law. So for instance, um, um, for instance, the, the, um, the police, for, 
just as an example, if, 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 a, if a police officer comes to me and he, let's assume I'm driving and the police officer asks me to stop, the reason why I'm going to stop for him is because he has been given the authority to enforce something. So let's assume I wasn't wearing, putting on my seatbelt and part of his jurisdiction is to make sure that people who are not wearing their seatbelts are, you know, taken into custody and are fined, for instance. He, he has the legal right to enforce that law, even though the law was written maybe by the legislature or by giving as giving as an executive order. Um, he has the right, he has the authority to enforce that law. So because of the position he occupies and the authority given to him, I will listen to him. I will have to stop. I will have to explain myself. I will have to present my papers and all of that. But if I just see someone on the road telling me to stop, I will ignore the person. I, I don't care. You could be an amrabah or someone I, I don't care about, you know. So authority is usually given to either to either enact a law or is given to enforce a law. And when we come when it comes to us as believers, part of the, the things we have been authorized to do is to enforce the law that is in Christ Jesus. So enforce what God has given unto us in Christ Jesus. And for us to do that, we'll need a, a level of authority to to do that, to, to um, exercise that effect in our lives, okay? So the last thing I want to do, I want to, last word I want to point out from this definition is, is an impact. Authority is always given to, um, to, to exercise dominion. Authority is always given for rulership. So God never gives, and even in, um, even in um, secular societies, Authority is always given for, for rulership. So um, if a governor is given the authority over a whole state, he's given that authority because he needs to rule. He, that authority is required for him to rule over the state, to exercise leadership over the state. If, if um, a police officer, I keep going back to the example, if a police officer is given authority to check cars, um, that don't have a that don't meet a particular requirement. That authority is given to him so that he can rule in that context. So authority is always given for rulership. There is no place in which authority is not um, is not given for rulership. Every time authority is accorded to someone, it is given for rulership, and it's the same thing also for us as Christians. Authority given to us by God is always given for rulership, so that we rule. Yes, we are humble. Yes, we are meek. Yes, we are patient and, and all those qualities. But when God gives us authority and, and he has given us authority, the main reason why he has given us authority is so that we can exercise dominion so that we can rule over, over the earth. And I want to start, uh, start off by reading, or rather progress by reading Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Remember, today we are talking about the believer's authority. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, someone can read for us. Anyone there? Yep, Genesis 1, 28, someone should read for us, please. Okay, let me go again. All right. Uh, so Genesis 28, God yes. blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. 
Amen. Thank you. Thanks for that, Gigi. I, I believe that you read NIV, and I like the word NIV used. It says, rule over the best of the air, over the fish of the sea, and all, and all of that. So that's rulership. But you see, um, God first said to them, he blessed them, of course, and told them, go out, multiply, subdue the earth, um, be fruitful. But for, for man to be able to do these things that God wanted him to do, he had to have the authority to do that. When he says subdue, he required authority to do that. And so he, um, King James yes, says, and have dominion. Meaning you are, you are exerting a, form, a, a level of influence over a territory. And that's what, man want, that's what God wanted man to do over the beds of the air, over the fish of the sea, and um, over everything that he had created. So I read this verse to show us that authority is given for the purpose of rulership. Authority is given for the purpose of dominion. So if you see a believer or if you see anyone that has been given authority but is not, is not ruling, is not exercising it, then there is a problem. And um, the problem many times could stem from ignorance or could stem from, yeah, most, mostly ignorance. That, that's, that accounts for the largest um, problem or biggest challenge that people encounter as to why they don't exercise authority. It could be ignorance. So don't forget this authority is given for the purpose of for the purpose of um of rulership. All right, so we want to now explore. We want to explore how man lost his authority and um, what God did to get it back to us. Um I, I, so I take for granted that we know that. God gave man authority. Well, we just read it in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Um, God gave man authority, but at some point, man lost it. Uh, so what was, that, what was that process like? I just wanted to go through a journey, and through this journey, we'll see a couple of things that uh, are revealing to us. Amen. Okay, so the first thing I want us to read is Luke chapter 4. Before we read Luke chapter 4, don't forget, um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 says, God gave... Um, blessed man and says, be fruitful, rep uh, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and he now says, have dominion. So man was the, was the original person that God gave dominion over the earth. Okay, so just have that in mind as we go on to read. Luke chapter 4, verse 5. Faith, please read for us if you are there. Luke chapter 4, verse 5 to verse 8. Um. <clears throat> The devil lifted Jesus high into the sky and in a flash showed him all the kingdoms and regions of the world. The devil then said to Jesus, all of this, all power, authority and splendor is mine to give to whomever I wish. Just do one thing and you have it all. Simply bow down to worship him and to be yours. You will possess everything. Wow, thank you. Um, what translation is that, um, Faith? TPT. Activity, yeah, awesome. I love it. It makes it sound like a story. I could just imagine Jesus. Um, I can ma imagine devil with a, I don't know, maybe with like flowing garment or something, something saying, Jesus, everything. Take, take note of this that he showed Jesus the whole glory of the world in an instant. He showed him the glory, the splendor, and the authority of the world. And he said something that, um, permit me to read my, my KJV. He said, verse, what verse is this now? Verse 6, he said, all this power, that's, that word their power is translated as authority. He says, all this power will I give you. Think about it. This was Jesus so that, that the devil was speaking to. 
it wasn't some prophet. It wasn't some random guy on the streets. This was Jesus Christ that created the world. Do you remember that Jesus that created the whole world? Remember what I read in John chapter 1 said that um, the, the first couple of verses said, um, no, when we read in verse 10, it says that even though God, even though Jesus created the world, yet the world did not know, know him and did not receive him. But at least he attests to the fact that Jesus Christ created the world. So it is this same Jesus that the devil has the effrontery to say, I mean, everything, all the powers in this world is given to me. Um, and he now says something else. He says, all the power in this world will I give thee and the glory of them for, for that is delivered unto me and to whom, whomsoever I will, I give it. So that was basically bragging and say, see, look at the whole world, all the glory and the authority of this world, right? Has been given to me and I can give it to whoever I want to give. Now, I mean, you would think, you would think that Jesus Christ would tell the devil, hey, stop lying. This world does not, the authority in this world does not belong to you. But no, Jesus did not dispute. Jesus did not dispute what the devil said, meaning what the devil said was actually correct because the devil did not, um, sorry, Jesus did not dispute that. Jesus did not say, um, Satan, we are lying. This world doesn't belong to you. I mean, we all know the devil is a liar, but in this instance, the devil was, was actually saying the truth. And Jesus Christ didn't dispute. Jesus Christ, even when Jesus Christ answered the devil, he did not say something that says, oh, get the behind me, Satan, for all the kingdoms of the world belongs to God. No, the devil, um, Jesus Christ didn't say so. What that means is that what, what devil said was actually correct. But I will now ask a question, because listen to what the devil said. In, we're reading Luke chapter 4, verse, Luke chapter 4, verse, we read from verse 5 to verse 8. But I want to read verse 6 again. And the devil answered him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them. He says, For that is delivered unto me. So the devil was basically saying, The reason why I have this power and I have this authority is because it was delivered to me. So then I have a question for us, and I, I genuinely want us to answer this question. When, at what point was this power delivered to the devil? And, and I really, so this is, interactive right now. So at what point was this power delivered to the devil? Because the devil said that all this power is delivered to me. So my question to us this evening is, at what point was this power delivered to the devil? Anyone wants to give us an answer? I don't know that there are no wrong answers. Please just share whatever is in your heart. I'm waiting. Hmm. Okay, let me let me try. Um, I'll two things are coming to mind, so I'll just say it. I don't know if I'm right or not. Okay. So the first one is Paul, Adam and Eve. And the second one that is coming to my mind is I don't know. Mm-hmm. But then <clears throat> when Lucifer was still Lucifer. I don't know if he was stripped off of all his powers before he was cast out to the earth. Mm-hmm. That's two things that are coming to mind. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Faith. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not going to comment. I want more people to talk. But there's something you said that is triggering. That is triggering. Is, well, we'll look at, we'll go back to that later on in this in the study. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting conversation. And I'm so tempted to start the conversation, but I have the spirit of self-control. Okay, um, Tommy, you said after the fall, explain. Even Deji, Deji said the same thing too after the fall, so you guys should explain, because I don't, 
He said after the fall, I mean, what happened after the fall? What, at what point did man say, devil, I give you my power? You know, that's to be something explainable. So please explain to me or DJ. Sorry, I'm looking for the verse. Just give me a second. <laughs> okay. They did not come to our rescue because you typed um, when man fell at the garden of Eden. So I, I don't understand though. Please help your boy. So yeah, understand so that. There are two Dejis now. Okay, no, no, not, not, not you, Deji. Okay, that's true. Sorry, you're too Deji. Okay, the other Deji. Not, not, so for the purpose of this, I'll call DFP. Um, funny enough, now I'm missing both your surnames. Ah, just just okay. call it DFP. Oh, yeah, okay. So not DFP. The other Deji that was my colleague, he knows himself. <laughs> Deji, you're, you're muted, though, in case you're speaking. We can't hear you. You're muted. Uh oh. Okay. Well, we still can't hear you. And I think you're still muted. Lola, have you told me, have you found where you're looking for? No, I haven't. But I know, I remember Genesis 1, like, man is given authority. And then some, there's another verse that replicates the same thing, but um, subdue is not, I might be messing this up, but I, I'm so sure I've seen it. I was trying to find it. But yeah, sorry. Okay, but, but just explain verbally to us. We'll, we'll probably find the scriptures. I'm um, sorry. I know man was given authority over, like, to subdue. And after the fall, I'm so sure I've read. If you can, the, the, the other person, sorry, I'm doing many things at the same time. Forgive me. Okay. <laughs> and I'll find what I was looking for and I'll just post it in the chat. Um, okay, that's fine. So um, the other person is in the middle of um, something. So you won't be able to, to speak now. But so you said after the fall, and it seems who else hasn't told Cecil? Do you have something else you want to share with us? At what point did I mean the devil boasted and said the authority was delivered to him? So at what point was it delivered to him? Cecil, can you help us? Any thoughts? Cecil, can you hear me? You are muted. I can't hear you. Mm-hmm. Okay, Cecil, I can't hear you either. All right, so since most of you have said after the fall, um, I agree with you. So let, but let's let's read it. Let's read it. Um, at the fall, right? Let's turn to Genesis chapter three, where it happened. Genesis chapter three, verse what is it called? Verse one to seven now. And I really want us to follow this carefully. Genesis chapter three, verse one to seven. So remember. We are coming from we are coming from Luke chapter four, where the devil said, "All the power, all the authority in the earth has been delivered to me." And he was talking to Jesus. I mean, again, I don't know why this verse just still intrigues me, but it's like talking to the person that created the world and now saying that all the power in this world has, all the authority in this world has been given to me. And so, if you bow down to me, I'll give it to you. It's like trying to cut a deal, a smooth deal with the person that created the world. Uh, so, at, for him to have that boldness to say. All the point what has been given to me that means it must be it must be legal remember i said authority is legal in nature so there must have been a legal transaction that occurred for for the devil to have possession of the authority of the world all right so we are reading genesis chapter 3 verse 1 to verse 7 
let me do the reading this time around. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yeah, sorry, yeah, had God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the tree, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and also, also, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Verse 7 says, And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Praise God. So this is the passage, right, that talks about the fall of man and what, when man, when man disobeyed God. So my question again, from this transaction, I still want to ask also, at what point did man give the devil the authority? Because, I mean, it just looks like a suggestion and, and, and Adam and Eve ate the fruits, so I don't see any, any hand, official handover ceremony where man said, okay, now I hand you over, you know, my authority over this earth. Take authority of it and I relegate myself. So what really happened? And I want us to look at this story. Um, um, I just want to point some things on this story before I read the next verse that helps explain it. I just want to point something out about the way the devil lies. You know, when we talk about lie, typically, um, a lie would sound something like if... If right now I have in my, in my hand a pen, if somebody comes and says, no, this is not a pen, this is a book, then clearly the person is not telling the truth because a lie, is, a lie in a, by our understanding means what is not true or what is opposite of the truth. But when the devil came and he came to lie to, um, to Adam and Eve, or when he was speaking to Eve rather, his lie was not necessarily a necessarily the opposite of the truth. He was just bringing an alternate suggestion. Um, God said, if you eat this fruit, you'll die. The devil said, no, 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 you'll not really die. Don't worry, what God means is that your, your eyes will be open, you'll see, you begin to know um, good and evil. And it just looked like a good suggestion. And it looks like an alternative. And most times when the devil lies, he tells, he tells things that are closely, that are, that are almost the truth, if we don't know what God says. So the lie of the devil is not necessarily opposite of what God says. The lie of the devil is anything that challenges exactly what God says. All right, and that represents a lie. And so the woman eats the fruit, fruit and gives her husband to eat. Now that very act itself was what was what, what I call the transaction. That's where, where, where the exchange happened. It was in that very act that... Um, that man gave his, his right and authority. And how do I know so? So let us read a scripture in Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Um, if you have the, what translation is this? If you have the NLT, please read for us. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Anyone there could read for us? 
If you have NLT, you can read for us. I'll read. All right. Um, Romans 6.16. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Amen. Thank you, Tommy. So Paul gave us a very important revelation. First of all, the context of this scripture um, is talking about sin and our response to sin as believers. But in the in process of explaining this, Paul gives us a very critical revelation that helps explain what happened at the Garden of Eden. Paul said that, don't you know that you, whoever you obey, that person becomes your master. Whoever you yield yourself to, to obey willingly, that person now becomes your master while you become the slave. Now, take that principle to the book of Genesis. So when the devil, the devil knew that there was no way he, will, he would have, he would be able to take the authority that man had, that God had given to man, except he could get man to submit to him instead of submitting to the devil, um, instead of submitting to God, rather. Remember that God gave man this authority, and the purpose of God giving man the authority was so that man could rule on earth just as God rules in heaven. And because of that, right, um, the devil knew that there's no other way he, uh, he could legally take this authority from man. So he had to deceive man into doing it. And remember, the Bible says, where we read in Romans 6, verse 16, it says you are, a, you are a slave to whoever you obey. And one of the things with obedience here is that obedience is not forceful. It's a different thing if I, if I use brute force to compel you to do something. But when somebody obeys someone, it's usually voluntarily, at least in this context, it's voluntarily. And the devil knew that the only way he could take man's authority from man is if he could get man to voluntarily obey the devil, obey him, the devil, and then disobey God. And it was that that was his whole game plan when he came to meet when he came to meet um, Eve in the garden, and he told Eve that oh you are going to, your, your eyes will be open if you eat this fruit you will not really die you will just be like God and you know good and evil and then Eve accepted that suggestion and. By her own will, she um, went forward to disobey God and obey the devil. And her husband also did the same thing, obeyed the devil and disobeyed God. Now, that act of disobedience slash obedience, right, was the very thing that caused man to relegate his authority on the earth. Do you understand? Because the principle states that anybody you obey would become your master, meaning you, you now become the slave and you submit, you become under the person's authority and then the person becomes your master. So it was because of that action and because of this spiritual principle that exists that man now lost his authority in the Garden of Eden. And I really want to say something um, just before we move on that. Every time the devil brings suggestion, um, you know, he comes to tempt us and brings a suggestion to us that is contrary to the, to the word of God and contrary to the instructions of God. What the devil is really aiming for, he, the devil is a businessman. He's a, he's, he, tra he makes transactions. What the devil wants to do is to transact with your life, transact with your destiny, transact with something that you have. Now, for you, it may look like a suggestion. It may just look like something pleasurable to do or something that doesn't hurt. You know, what is it? It's just food now. What is it? It's just um, sex. What is it? It's just extra money. I'm not killing somebody. I'm just making extra money through a, fr a fraudulent means. And then you may just want to do that because it's, it's a suggestion to you. 
But to the devil is beyond just a suggestion. It's a transaction. The devil knows that every time you yield yourself to obey him, you submit to his authority and then he has the power to take something from your life. Remember that authority is legal in nature. So he will need your cooperation for him to have legal access over your life. So every temptation from the devil is a, is a potential transaction. All the devil wants is for you to fall into that temptation and then he, you know, he just takes you. I mean, think about Jesus Christ. When the devil tempted him to eat bread, Jesus Christ was hungry. To, I mean, tempted him to turn stone into bread. Jesus Christ was hungry and he naturally would have done so. But devil knew that, the, the I'm sorry, God, Jesus Christ knew that the devil doesn't just tempt. The devil tries to make transactions and he was transacting for his soul. So just to point this out to us that whenever the devil tempts us, it's beyond just a suggestion. It is actually a transaction that um, is going on right now and he's trying to lure us into it. So I hope we understand how the devil lost, sorry, how man lost his authority to the devil. Is that clear enough? Do we get that or do I need to explain it again? Um, if it's clear enough, just let me know. You can give me a thumbs up or you can drop a chat or you can see something. Just want to be sure that it's clear. That part, that point is clear enough before we move on. Is it clear enough, guys? Okay, Faith gives a thumbs up. Who else? Clear enough? Is it clear enough? Cecil? Okay, Lola is clear enough. Um, Okpe Olua, is it clear enough? Doris, Deji, DFP, is it clear enough? Okay, oh, I see you, Okpe. Thank you. By the way, before I continue here, let me just say, please, okay, I know I, I, well, I think I don't know you, so do me a favor. You can, um, what's it, what do I do now? So just send me a message. You know what, I don't even know how. So I just want to be sure, I mean, I want to, I'd like to know who invited you and how you, you joined our Bible study, really. That's what I'm trying to find, find out. So towards the end, you can just let me know or let us know. Because I thought about it last week when you joined us and... I kept thinking of who invited you, but I, I don't know who. So I'd just like to know who, who invited you. All right. So if that's clear enough, we now know how man lost his authority. So let's move on. Um, so man lost his authority. And remember what we read in Romans chapter 6. Sorry, not Romans. Luke, I beg your pardon. Luke chapter 4, where verse 6, where the devil said, all this authority has been given to me. So we now know how he got the authority because he was speaking to Jesus. And Jesus Christ never disputed the fact that the authority had been given to him, all right? And um, that, that means it was true. So how was the authority given? That's what we just looked at in Genesis, the transaction that occurred and how man gave the devil the authority. So then what was God's game plan to get the authority back to man? And we see that in Romans, still in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 5, verse... 18 and 19. Romans chapter 5 is 18 and 19. Anyone there can read for us, please. Romans chapter 5, verse 18 and 19. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. Was Christ's one act of righteousness brings the right relationship with God and a new life for everyone? Because one person disobeyed God. Many became sinners, but because one person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. Okay, praise God. Now I I, I need to explain something slightly. Just I need to explain something before I progress into this scripture. 
Now, when man sinned, when Adam, Adam and Eve sinned, it was considered that the whole of mankind sinned. The whole of whole of the race, the whole of the human race had sinned, right? Simply because of one man's sin. And that's what the Bible says that because of one man's disobedience, all were considered sinners. So regardless of whether you were born a million years after Adam and Eve sinned, by default, you were born as a sinner, okay? So Jesus Christ had to come with the same principle of inclusiveness. I mean, I just call it that. With the same principle of inclusion, thank you, with the same principle of inclusion that occurred when man sinned, Jesus Christ had to come and also also exercise that same principle so that we all can be saved. So one man sinned and then all everybody was everybody was considered a sinner. Now Jesus Christ came and obeyed, and then every other person in Christ Jesus becomes righteous. Now, the thing, however, is that um because of the lineage of man, right? Everybody after after Adam and Eve had to be born by the union of a man and a woman, every single person. There's nobody that, that wasn't born through the union of a man and woman up until Jesus Christ. So everyone had to be born through that union. And as long as you came from the union of a man and a woman, by default, the sin that the sin nature that was in man and woman was not automatically transferred in, into you because it is believed spiritually that you were in man, you were in Adam when Adam sinned. Okay, and this is so powerful, but let's follow it. Now, the same way Jesus Christ had to come, but he couldn't come from the union of a man and a woman because if he had come from the union, union of a man and a woman, the same limitation that all of us had, the same sin nature, Jesus Christ would have been a victim of it as well. So what happened was that Jesus Christ had to come through a different kind of genealogy and that's why he's called the seed of the woman. So by without the union of a man and woman, only the woman and, and the Holy Ghost, you know, Jesus Christ was pregnant and he was giving birth. To, uh, sorry, Mary was pregnant, I beg your pardon. Mary was pregnant and she gave birth to Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ, you know, went, stayed on earth, died eventually. And through his death and resurrection, he now created a different lineage so that anybody that now comes into Christ Jesus now partakes of the history of Christ Jesus, just the same way that anyone that partook of, that was born of man and woman, partook of the history of Adam. Even though I, Adam was created, I don't know how many years ago, millions or thousands of years ago, we don't know. But how, um, however, anyone naturally born becomes a victim of Adam's history. It is in the same way too that when we come into Christ, we now become a positive victim of Jesus' history. So all that Jesus Christ did on the cross, even though we're not there when he did it, however, all that he did in the cross, we are counted to be included in that work. So if Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, it is counted that when we come to Christ Jesus, his history becomes part of our history as well. So as it is right now in Christ Jesus, we died on the cross. In Christ Jesus, the body of sin was, was done with. In Christ Jesus, my old man, the old man has been done with. That's because of the principle of inclusion. Okay? So this verse um, 19 where we just read, it says, For as one, by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. So that's the principle of inclusion. So what was God's strategy to regain back our authority? The same way we lost the authority by disobedience, we had to now re 
God had to reclaim the authority, or rather man had to reclaim the authority by obedience. And the only way man could do this is if um, God became man so that he could share in our identity and share in our, our humanity. So in him dying, the whole of human race now pays the price for sin. Okay, so the first thing is through obedience, our authority was restored simply because we lost it through disobedience. So through obedience, it was restored. The next thing is that it was through death. Now, um, I want us to read Romans chapter chapter 6, verse 7. Romans chapter 6, chapter 6, verse 7. Romans chapter 6, verse 7. Um, anyone can read for us. Anyone? Romans 6, verse 7. Romans chapter 6. Yeah, go on. Uh, can you hear me? Romans chapter 6, verse 7. For he that is dead. Hear me. Yeah, I can hear you. Yes, I can hear you now. Okay, Romans chapter 6, verse 7. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Okay, great. Now, this is a short, and I, I mean, I, I almost feel like we just read a, a verse out of context, but yeah, you please, we can read the whole, the full story, um, the full chapter to give proper understanding. But that statement is such a powerful statement, and I need to explain it. It says that he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, I guess we're familiar with the scripture that says the wages of sin is death, right? What that means is that, you know how for, for most of us that work, we get paid at the end of every month. You are paid your salary or you are paid your wages and you are paid your salary, let's call it salary because it's a more common term. You are paid your salary because you've done work. So you went to work throughout the whole month, and at the end of the month, um, they paid you a salary. Now, the Bible is saying that the salary for sin is actually death, meaning somebody went through the effort of committing sin. At the end of the day, somebody, that person will get paid for the effort of sin he has committed, and the salary for sin is called death. And that's what, <clears throat> that's what happened with Adam and Eve, that the, the payment for their sin was, was death. And as long as that nature of death, sorry, as long as that nature of sin was in operation, then death was the perpetual reward for sin. Now, death translates in several ways, ultimately culminating in physical death. But physical death is not the only manifestation of, of death as a protocol. Death as a protocol has several expressions from sicknesses to diseases to different things happening all around the world. Those are expressions of death as a protocol before ultimately culminating in the cessation of human life. And so Paul was explaining that because of the, of the sin that man, man committed, he was constantly in debt to sin and the, the way, only way he could pay for that sin was to die. And so the Bible says, remember, it says that this, in the book of Ezekiel, it says the soul that sinned shall, shall die. And then what happened? Jesus Christ now came. And Jesus Christ had to take upon himself the human flesh, 
because he needed to die. And if he came in, in the divine nature as God, he would not be able to die because God can't die. You know, if he came as an angel, he wouldn't be able to die because angels don't die in, in context of human death. Right? So he had to come in the form of, of man so that he could die. And through his death, he paid the 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 he paid the debt, the debt we owed perpetually. And so the Bible now says that he that is dead is now free from sin. So what that means is when Jesus Christ came on the earth and he died, the, the what we owed dead was completely now paid away. And because of that, of that payment of the death of Jesus Christ, we are no longer in debt to death. Do, does that make sense? We no longer owe death. We no longer owe sin anymore. And so Jesus Christ, and, and this is a very, this is a very um, spiritually logical thing. And what I, what I mean by this is that I, we know, we I know, know that, I know God, that God, God is... Oh, oh, sorry, guys. Yep, I omitted myself. Sorry. I know that God is merciful, and I know that God is um, loving and God is compassionate. But when it comes to the forgiveness of our sins, it wasn't just his mercy that accounted for the forgiveness of our sins. Yes, he showed us his mercy by sending Jesus Christ. However, for our sins to be cleared off and wiped away totally, it was an act of his justice, not just an act of his mercy. Because, and let me use an illustration. Let's say, um, um, who do I use now? Let's say I owe faith, for instance. I owe faith um, $10,000. And I'm sure faith is wishing right now that I actually owe her $10,000. But yeah, so, yes, I owe faith. <laughs> so I assume I owe faith $10,000, right? And then I, I can't pay. So year after year after year, I'm not able to pay for $10,000. And then somebody now comes and says, Victor, don't worry. I will pay faith $10,000. Now, the person comes and pays faith $10,000 in my stead, right? Pays it in my name. And faith gets her money and she goes to her accountant and tells the accountant, okay, right now, $10,000 from Victor has been cleared off. So we no longer need to be sending lawyers to harass him um, every month. Now, faith legally, faith can no longer come to ask me for the ten thousand dollars, even though I was not the one that directly paid it, even though someone else paid it on my behalf. So the debt that I owed paid uh, that I owed faith had been paid. Now it is the same way that the debt we owed sin was completely paid for by the death of Jesus Christ. And because of that death, the Bible now says whoever is dead is free from sin. Now, what happened when man sinned? The Bible says that God, God told man that if you eat of this fruit, if you disobey me, you will die, right? Now, when Jesus Christ now paid that debt, paid that death that man was supposed to die, what that meant was that there was now a reversal of transaction. You know, if you, I don't know if, you, if it has happened to you before. You sent money to someone and it showed it showed transaction successful, only for you ten minutes later to re receive a reversal. And what was what left your account now came back into your account. That's exactly what happened. The authority that left man's account for several years through the death of Jesus Christ now there was a reversal of transaction. So that authority now came back to man because of the death of Jesus Christ. I hope that's clear enough also.
So through obedience and through death, and the Bible says that Jesus Christ in the book of Philippians, the Bible says Jesus Christ was obedient even, even to death on the cross. All right, so it was through the combination of obedience and his death, or, and his death rather, that um, man's authority was restored back to him. Okay, I hope that is clear enough before we proceed. Please, if it's clear enough, just let me know. I feel this is, it was a bit technical in explanation. So if it's clear enough, just you can signal me, let me know if it's clear enough, thumbs up or anything. If this explanation made sense to you, you can just let me know. Okay, nobody's saying anything. That doesn't make sense to anybody. Um, oh, wow, nobody has actually said it makes sense to him or her. Oh, okay, did you say it's clear? Okay, any other person? Faith said it's clear, all right. Um, DFP, is it clear? Uh, DFP, Femi Pierce. Okay, Cecil said it's clear. Um, Femi Pierce, in, I remember it now. Is it clear? Yes, clear, absolutely. Okay, Okpe and um, Doris, is it clear? Okay, Doris said it's clear. Okpe, I, I can't say a signal from you. Just let me know if it's clear, clear enough. All right, so I want to move to the next. Okay, yes, it's clear, thank you. I want to move to the next thing now. Um, Let's read Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. So remember, we started by explaining how um, devil came and boasted to Jesus and says, all the authority belongs to me. And um, Jesus Christ didn't dispute. So we saw how the authority was given to him. We now see how Jesus took back the authority, right, through his death, burial, and resurrection. Um, now I want, us, I want us to look at Matthew chapter 28. So this would, I mean, I believe this is a common scripture, but now it will make sense having this background knowledge. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, and 18 through 20. Matthew 28, someone can read for us. We are there, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Anyone there? Matthew 28. Jesus came and told his disciples, I yeah. have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Faith. Now, what I want to point out from this is from this scripture is, is this verse 18, especially. Just Christ came to them and said, Now all power in heaven and on earth is given unto me. The word power there is translated authority. He says, Now all authority in heaven and all authority on earth is now given to me. And this was after Jesus Christ had resurrected. He made this statement just before he finally went into heaven. I was talking to his disciples. Right, but this was after his death and resurrection, and he now said, At this point, now all the authority in heaven and on the earth is has been given to me. Now, you take note that all through Jesus's sorry, 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 happening. You take note that all through Jesus's um, all through Jesus's experience on earth before he died, he never mentioned and said anything like all authority on the earth is given to me. Jesus Christ never mentioned it. And, and check your scripture. Check the word of God. Read through the um, through the gospels. You see that Jesus Christ never said 
all the authority on the earth is given to me. That's because actually at that point, the authority on the earth was not yet given to him. At that point, the authority of the earth was still in the hands of the devil because man had given um, man had given the devil the legal authority. But having died and resurrected and, and um, conquered you know, death and taken the keys of, of heaven and hell, and hell, now Jesus Christ said, all authority in heaven and on the earth is now given unto me. And that is so powerful because J Jesus Christ now had done, his, done the work of, of salvation and, um, and taking back the authority that, that belongs to man. And um, he, he was now telling his disciples the current state of affairs. It was, it was pretty much, you know, casting nine o'clock news, telling them, all right, at this point in time, um, this is what has, this is all that happened. And then all authority has been given to me. Okay. And based on that, he now gave his, his disciples the instruction, going to all the earth, make disciples of nations. You do this and do that. And he went on to, to give them the instruction. But I want to point out that after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, all authority on the earth had now been given to him. Okay. And based on that authority, he now sent us out into the world. Now, what I, again, I want to point out from this scripture is that the only people who then have the have the access to this authority that Jesus Christ has are those that now belong to Jesus okay because anybody that doesn't belong to Jesus is still under the influence of the devil and that's why the bible says that the god of this age or the god of this world what that means is that the god um, the, the ruler of this world the ruler of this of the systems of this world, which is which is the devil, will still have influence over their lives because they have not come into Christ Jesus. But the moment we come into Christ Jesus, then we have the same authority that Jesus Christ took away from the devil. We now have the authority to exercise over the devil. Remember, we read in Romans chapter 6, verse 16, that you are a slave to whoever you obey. So whenever anyone comes to Christ, he pledges allegiance and obedience to Christ Jesus. And based on that, the person now becomes a, a slave to Jesus Christ, and meaning that he's not no longer a slave or a servant to, to the devil. So the authority of the devil doesn't have a hold on his life anymore. Rather, he now shares in the authority of Christ Jesus. All right, so this is the, in simple terms, this is the transition from the authority that man lost to the authority that um, Jesus Christ took back from man, and I'm sorry, I took back from the devil and gave it. Um, back to man. So anyone that is in Christ now shares in that authority. Praise God. Okay, so at this point, I have a question that I want to ask us. And um, I'm thinking we might, well, well, let's see how the question goes. But now I want to ask a question. Hmm? Having said all of this, does the devil have power? Uh, yes or no? So I really want to hear our thoughts on this. Does the devil have power um, does devil have authority? You know, yes or no? I want to. I want our thoughts on this. Does the devil have power? I'm waiting for our answers. Does the devil have power? Mm, or my is my question clear enough? Do you guys understand the question? Faith, let me ask, let me start asking you, do you understand the question? 
Okay. Lily said yes. I don't understand question. However, <laughs> um, like after hearing all these things and hearing that Jesus said, for oh, all powers both on heaven and on the earth belongs to me, then I think it would be, would, would it not be funny to say that he still has power? So it makes it seem like as if he's sharing power. However, there's passages um, in the Bible that talks about, oh, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but powers and da, da, da. And then also talking about, um, do not be mindful of devices of the enemy. Still talking about all the things that the devil could do and all being watchful and prayerful. So I don't know. I can't give a yes or no answer. Okay, okay. Thank you. That's fair enough. Um, anyone else wants to share something um, regarding the power of the devil? Oh, in fact, yeah. I, let me give us the scripture so that we, we understand why I'm, I'm asking this question. Um, Luke chapter, this should be chapter 10, verse 19, I believe. Luke chapter 10. Let me judge sure I'm quoting right, please. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Oops. Yeah, sorry, Mark. Yeah, Luke chapter 10. Good. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. It reads, He says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and overcome, and rather, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So here Jesus says, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the, all the power of the enemy and nothing by enemies hurt you. So here Jesus Christ says power of the enemy. So the, the, the enemy seems to have power. Um, but what is he now saying? Like, I mean, isn't it, this verse is somewhat confusing. So can someone help us? Lily, do you want to help us? Can you talk? Yeah, but I was I just came on, so I, I guess I missed a lot. But I mean, so your question is, uh, does the devil still have power, right? Yep, yep. I, I don't believe he does, in a sense that um, I think he has whatever power we give to him. Um, at least on top of my head, that's what I always thought. He has whatever power we give to him. He has devices, and he has he goes about the roaring lion. Taking him to the vault. And I guess in that, that sense just means he's, he's deceitful. So if you believe that he has power over you, then he has power over you. Anyway, I don't know. This this is how I've seen it. But I, like I said, I joined late. So I didn't hear things you said before that led up to this question. I'll just join now. Okay. Okay. So you are, no, no that's fine. Your answer is, um, isn't. So, I mean, it's not, not far-fetched, far apart from what we're doing, what we said before now. Okay. Um, but you said if we believe he has power over us, then he'll have the power over us. So, mm -hmm. are you saying he's now subject to what we believe? In a way, yes. It's just how, like, um, maybe to some extent. Uh, okay. so <laughs> I think so. I think, I think just the way how, like, um, as a Christian, right? Yeah you know, that you have authority over Satan, mm -hmm. over devil and his devices, right? But then if you don't know that you have authority over him, he would 
um, deceive you into believing that he has authority over you and he has power over you. Yeah. And if you do believe that, then that means you would, you would fail. So he can deceive you into believing that, okay, you can be sick and you would, you would die because you're sick because Satan has attacked you with sickness, for instance. Right. Yeah. But then if you believe that, if you don't believe, you don't know who you are in Christ, that obviously God has given you power over um, sickness. He has, Jesus has, he's died for you, for your sins and for, and by his stripes you were healed. If you didn't know that, if you didn't know that fact, right? When mm-hmm. Satan comes with the lies in your ears and says, your back is aching you, your legs pain you, you're, you're sick or whatever, you would be inclined. He can, he can, he comes with his devices now, just like to deceive yeah. you, kind of just say, oh, you felt, but you, you're, maybe diabetes runs in your family, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so that means you should be sick. And then that's, I guess that's just an angle anyway. And if you now then, um, say oh god that's true diabetes runs in my family that's just a device of the devil to lure you into being that you would have diabetes and if you say yes to it and you don't believe in that authority that god has given you over sickness then mm-hmm. that's you yielding to that i guess let's not call it power but that deceit of satan okay. that he has that's how i see it anyway yeah. okay thank you thank you that was a helpful explanation um one more let me see who dg um from person you want to say something what do you again, please? This is Bible study, so there's no wrong, no nobody, no wrong or right. Well, no, no one should feel wrong about the answer. Yeah, I just want to share our thoughts. Any other person, Deji? Okay, so uh, by Deji, you mean DFP, right? Yes, DFP, yes, yeah. The other Deji isn't around. All right, so yes, I think the devil has some power. Okay. Or, uh, Going by the Bible verse where Jesus said, uh, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to him. Mm-hmm. I think uh, at the end of it all, God is in control. That's all I know to say based on Bible verses that we have all shared. God mm-hmm. is in control. God is sovereign. And uh, the devil can only do what God allows. I don't know okay. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah, that's that's my understanding. The devil okay. can only do as much as what God allows. Mm. Okay, all right, great. Thanks for your answers. Thanks with DG and Lily. Now, I, 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 you know, this same this question I asked you was something I had to think about for a while until I, you know, I got the understanding, and. Um, when we read Luke chapter 10, verse 19, where we just read now, it says, Josh Christ called disciples and said to them, I've given you power to trample upon all the snakes and all, all snakes and scorpions and all the power of the enemy and nothing by enemies hurt you. Um, in this verse, they, the words translated power are actually different. And I think that's one of the things that would help our understanding. So I would have to you know, borrow the Greek words to make, to differentiate the meanings, right? So when it says, I have given you power, ge- generally, in, most times in New Testament, um, when we see tr- power translated in, in the English Bible, it's usually either um, exosia, which is authority, or power, which is dunamis. And these are two different things. I mean, there are other words that were translated power, but these are the two most common words. So exosia refers to authority. That's what we're talking about. Exosia is a Greek word that means authority. Authority, like I said, is delegated influence, um, 
or legal influence has been given to a person, okay? But then dunamis, which is properly translated power, is refers to an inherent ability to cause a, a change, right? Um, so in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, what Jesus Christ was actually saying was that he said, Behold, I have given you exosia, that's authority, over um, to tread on, on serpents and scorpions and over all the dunamis of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means happen to you. So when I discovered this verse, I, it made me study and, and sample the scriptures, right? And I'm not, I'm not going to go to a couple of other verses that talks about power versus authority. That is going to be a study of its own we're going to do. And I, I trust that God will give us time to do that. The difference between power and authority, and it's so powerful. However, what I concluded from my study, and I'm going to show you in scripture is this, that the devil has power in terms of ability to cause change, right? So in terms of, um, so when we talk about, think about miraculous power, think about the power that um, jazz, jazz, what do you call it now? Well, native doctors use, um, ritualists use that kind of power. You know, the devil has that kind of power and he still retains it. But when it comes to authority, Je Jesus has the highest authority. Jesus owns the authority, okay? And um, why do I say so? The Bible lets us know, you know, and this faith, remember when I told you that we're going to come back to something you said, right? And this is the point. Um, when, 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 when Lucifer was still in heaven, he was this guardian angel that was so powerful and that God had put in a very strategic position in heaven. And then, um, but Lucifer now rebelled against God and he was cast out of heaven. Now, the scripture lets us know that the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Meaning when God gives, gives a man a gift, right? He doesn't take the gift back from that man, even if the man decides to rebel against him. So for instance, if, someone, if God gives someone a wonderful gift of singing, the person has a nice voice, it's a gift from God. The person just knows how to write songs and you know, sing melodious, melodious tunes. That's a gift from God. If the person tomorrow decides to go and start singing for the devil, God is not going to take the person's gift of singing back from the person. It will still remain with the person all through life, right? But even though the person is not serving God, that's the same thing too. With all the giftings that Lucifer had, when he rebelled, God did not take those gifts away from him. And that is um, that includes the power that he operated as an angel. God did not take that power from him. However, his authority was stripped from him. And I want to explain, I mean, we're going to do a Bible study on power versus authority, but I just need to explain something about power and authority before we move on, because I'm explaining this right now. Power is based on a gift. Authority is based on our relationship and alignment with God. Okay? That's why the Bible says that to those that receive him, he has given them the authority to be called children of God. So the moment someone is aligned with God, there's an authority that flows from God through the person's life. The moment someone is disjointed and separates himself from alignment, uh, separates himself and is out of alignment from God, that authority no longer flows. So that's what happened with Lucifer. The moment he rebelled, the authority that God has that would have flown through him by his alignment stopped flowing, even though he had power. Okay. And at this point, Jesus Christ now came to his disciples, Luke chapter 10, verse 19, and he said to them that, now I am giving you authority 
over the power of the devil. So even though devil had power to blind people, devil had the power to make people to fall sick, devil had the power to make people to um, lose their joy and all of that. However, I am giving you an authority that supersedes the power of the devil. So you go forth and exercise that authority over all the plans and all the, the schemes of the devil, over all the power of the devil, over all the dynamics of the devil, and nothing will by enemies will by enemies happen to you. Okay? Now, I've heard people say things like, devil doesn't have any power, and all power belongs to God. And so I asked them the question, so the jazz man in your village that will do something, 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 and then um, people will die, or rain will start falling. What, what will you call that? That is obviously power. That's a manifestation of power. The Bible says, if you read the book of Acts chapter, Acts chapter 8, I believe, the Bible, yeah, 8 or 9, the Bible talks about Simon the sorcerer that had bewitched these people for such a long time. He had been doing miracles and doing things that, that were not naturally possible. How else would he have done it? He, he could have only done it if he had a power that the devil was sponsoring him, that was supplying to him. So in terms of dunamis and power that could cause change, yes, the um, the devil had power. Um, Sisi, we said, can I repeat? Okay, let me repeat that part again. I said that power is based on a gift, while authority is based on our relationship and our alignment with God. Let me take that again. Power is a gift, Okay. And honestly, see, when we're going to do difference between power and authority, please don't miss that Bible study. It's so, it's so mind-blowing. It is so, so um, expository. It's really, it has really helped me in my life to differentiate. Even when it comes to manifesting the power of Christ and even manifesting the authority of Christ, there are differences and I, I, I'm resisting the urge to go into them. But what I said is this. Power is based on gifts. And then authority is based on our relationship with Christ. That's why the Bible says that you shall receive what power, that's dunamis, this power, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. However, when for, for the for authority says, what, anyone that comes to Christ, anyone that believes in him, he has that authority to be called the son of God. He has, he has been introduced into an authority. But um, power is a function of, of um, a gift. And like I said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And concerning the Holy Ghost, Jesus Christ said, um, you shall tarry here until you receive the gift, the promise of the Father. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. So power is a gift, but authority is based on our relationship and our alignment with God. I'm just going to stop you on this explanation so that I, we don't go deep into it. But, but there's more to explaining the difference between power and authority. Anyways, so this is what this verse means. So Jesus Christ is basically saying, I've given you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil. So does the devil have power in sense of power to afflict people, power to make people to make people sick, power to make people crippled or to you know cause a, a change in people's in the outcome of people's lives? Yes, the devil has that kind of power. However, we have a superior authority, we have authority because of our alignment with God. And if not for the authority we have with God, then the devil would have been more powerful than us. Because think about this, the devil is older than any of us. He has been right from heaven. He knows he's skillful, he's deceptive, just like Lily was explaining. He has the power of deception. He has worked with God. He has, he has power, really. And um, that's why God had to give us authority over the power of the devil. And let me just say something. I keep, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to resist the urge, but I'm yielding to it small, small. 
But one more thing you need to know about power and authority is that authority is greater than power. Ah, I'm going to end here. I'm not going to explain this. So anyways, we have authority that is greater than the power of the devil. Please, yeah, don't forget, when we do the study on power versus authority, please don't miss it. It's very explanatory, okay? So I just want to put that question because I think it's a question a lot of people, oh, wow, time has gone. It's a question that a lot of people have asked in their hearts. Does the devil have power? And some people say, no, all power belongs to God. Oh, yes, all power belongs to God. But if all power belongs to God, why is the devil messing around, right, in my life? And then some people say, oh, no, the devil doesn't have power. So, um, yeah, like I said, why does why is the devil affecting things? And some people, says, well, some people say, no, the devil has all the power. And that's that's not true as well. So this is it. The devil has power in terms of the ability to cause change, but the devil doesn't have authority when it comes in, in relationship with God. That is why the Bible says that these signs will follow those that believe. Remember, who are the people that believe? John chapter 1 says, if you receive him and if you believe on his name, he has given the authority to become children of God. So Mark now says, these signs will follow those that believe. These signs will follow those that have this authority. He now says, in my name, they shall drive out demons. So based on the authority that God has given to us, Anybody that is a Christian can drive out demons based on the authority of Christ Jesus. Okay? So I am going to, I want to end here because time has really gone. Even though, wow, we have not even touched. I wanted us to look at how we exercise authority, but we've not even, we couldn't touch that today. But we'll look at it next week. Yeah, we'll look at it next week. Next week, yeah. We'll look at it next week. How do we exercise authority um, if God has given us authority as Christians? How do we exercise this authority? All right, so we'll look at that from next week. All right, so this is where we take questions. Time has gone, but let's see if we can take one or two questions before we leave. So that, yeah? that scripture that you said, so the scripture that says all power belongs, all power in heaven and earth belongs to God. So uh, maybe I missed what you talked about. Uh, maybe maybe yeah. you explained. Yeah. But so are you saying that um, that power meant authority? Yeah, that power meant authority. Oh, and, and, okay. Let, let me let me encourage us. If you have a Bible concordance or your Bible app um, allows you to look at the Greek words of certain English words, it will really help you on your Bible study. So in the Greek, right, that was Matthew. We read that before you joined us, Lily. That was Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. Um, the Greek word there is translated authority. It says, I have, for all authority in heaven and on the earth has been given unto me. So, yes, that word there is translated authority. Okay, okay. And then that means that, so the power that Satan has is based on the gifting that he had when he was in heaven and yep. God gave him a gift. Got it. Yes, Got it. exactly. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. All right. Any other question? Faith, you want to say something? Just to follow up on what um, she said. So my own passion said, um, says all power and authority. So I think I'll just probably go and check concordance like you said but sometimes that and always means that is so i think i'll just go and check it and confirm or if you know and even with that scripture if, even if it's said like that so and this is how i victor correct me if it's okay, so if all power and authority belongs to god and god maybe i'm over twisting it too. <laughs> and god and, and basically this the power that satan has access to is also based of of god in a sense right mm -hmm. so it's so it's so it, it still doesn't like um, what's the word negate negate exactly 
the, 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 the scripture, the truth, if that is what, you know, because truly, truly, I can think that all power belongs to God because God truly, he, he rules and controls it. Like he can, he can put a stop to anything. Basically he created power. Let's put it like that. And that's it. Yeah. Let's just say he gave it to people in whatever fashion, even Satan and all the demons that are now <laughs> running the earth and everything like that. Yeah. So in that case, then even the power that Satan has is still subject to God in that sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Thank you, Lynn, for that. Um, first of year, I will first encourage you go check your concordance. Um, it actually reads, <clears throat> excuse me, it actually reads all authority. So in in the Greek, it reads all do not all sorry all exousia in heaven on earth has been given to me. Um, that is authority. However, even if, if it says power and authority, just like really explained, it will not be wrong. And um, there's a scripture I, I'm really resisting to read. It's in the book of Colossians. And I'm, I'm resisting reading the scriptures because there are other factors in that scripture that would require explanation. But it says that all... Um, let's read it. Sorry. <laughs> I, I couldn't resist it longer. Colossians chapter... This should be chapter 2. Um, let me just find it properly. Colossians chapter 2. Um, uh, the verse that says um, thrones talks about thrones and and principalities and um, a where's where's this verse again please is it chapter 3 Ah, sorry. Just, sorry. No, hold on, guys. Let me just Google this. I forgot. I can actually Google it. Um, okay. Um, this should be... Okay, good. Yeah, Colossians chapter 1, yeah, verse 16. Colossians chapter 1. Let's read verse, from verse 15. 15 to verse 17. Let's just read it quickly. It says that this is talking about Jesus Christ clearly now. It says, who is the image of the invisible God? Colossians chapter 1, I'm reading verse 15. Who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. Verse 16 says, for by him, that's Jesus Christ, were all things created that are in heaven and are in earth. Visible, invisible. It says, whether there be thrones, or dominions, or principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and uh, by him all things consist. Now, this verse tells us that God created, Jesus Christ created everything. But among the things he he created, it it goes on to specifically explain that even um, thrones, dominions, or principalities, or powers, Remember that the Bible says we rest not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. The Bible is saying that even those principalities and powers that we wrestle against, they all were created by God. And I just want to back up what Lily said, that even if that verse meant um, power and authority, that everything still belongs to God because he created them. So really, what Jesus, what, sorry, what the devil is operating on is, is loaned, uh, is that the right word? Yeah, loaned authority or no, loaned power, rather. That he's operating with, and eventually everything still belongs to God. I hope that wasn't confusing. 
Was that clear enough? Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So, any last question before we go? Deji, were you saying something? Uh, no, I wasn't. I was just going to say that I was, um, okay, yes, I was about to say something. I wanted to say that I look forward to next week's session uh, because you mentioned that you're going to uh, touch on how to exercise authority. Authority, yeah. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, I think I'm going to tell you guys like cool stories next week about casting demons and um, yeah, dealing with spiritual stuff. So yeah, if you... That's why I said that sounds interesting. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to this one. <laughs> all right, all right. So yeah, let us pray. Oh no, okay, yeah, let's pray, let's pray. I think we've spent enough time. Let's pray. Um, um, Lily, please just pray for us as we end. I was saying in my mind, please don't call me. <laughs> All right. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We bless you for um, tonight. We bless you for this great gathering of believers. We thank you, Lord, for being present in our midst tonight. We say be thou exalted in the name of Jesus. Amen. And Lord, we thank you for your word that has been shared and for the revelation that you have begun to release in our hearts. Lord, even as we go, we ask that you help us to brood on it and to meditate on it and to get the truth out of it in the mighty name of Jesus. And Amen. Lord, as we continue to study, we ask that you open our hearts, open our eyes to see what you want us to see through your scriptures in Jesus' name. Amen. And Lord, we thank you for Victor. We pray that I continue to use him mightily. Um, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Lily. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining in today. Um, apologies we spent. I never knew time had gone this much. So sorry about that. See you next week. Same time, same same link, yeah? <laughs> um, same venue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like uh, your background, Victor. So cool. Black and white. Thank you. Let me confess. Um, um, I, it's Emily, I, obviously. Yeah. Exactly. You don't need to confess. I'm not, I'm not this fresh. In my wife, I'm stealing. I'm going <laughs> a lot of power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's excite my authority, you know, to, mm, to bear her. I would tell you know, her. Where is she? <laughs> I said authority to bear her. To not, what? Not <laughs> <laughs> I'm still telling her. Oh, <laughs> All right. Good night, guys. Right. Thank you so much. Right, and have a good night. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, Faith. Bye, Cecil. Bye, Lily. Bye, and bye, Didi. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 bye.